Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 438. And today, we're going to be talking about how to sell products to your email list without being sleazy. Yeah, that's right, without being a sleaze bag. Uh, we're going to actually talk about that. We're going to give you guys some uh, some copy, actually some email swipe copy that you guys can use. We're going to read through it. We're going to talk about really the structure, but then also how it can be done without being sleazy. And I think that's the big one. And I've got my good friend on, Mr. Chris Schaefer. What's happening, my friend? Not too much, brother. What's going on with you? Well, not much. You know, we're, we're kind of hanging out, getting ready to do this thing. And uh, I know you and I have been talking quite a bit this week on uh, some things that we have planned for uh, for TAS, which I'm pretty excited about. So guys, you're going to have to stay tuned for that. We've got some cool content uh, getting ready here and uh, pretty excited about that, to be honest with you, Chris. But today I'm excited about talking about uh, email list stuff, as everyone kind of knows, you and I kind of geek out about this stuff. But the reason is, is because we actually believe that it works because we have proof that it works, right, Chris? I mean, what are our numbers at right now for our most recent contest to build our email list? Uh, well, let me hit refresh on this page. But last time I looked, yes, we're at 5,216 net entries. Okay. And let's just kind of give people a little uh, snapshot as far as, well, okay, we have these emails now and these are our new emails uh, that we're building a list. Why are we building that list again, Chris? So we're building a list for a couple big reasons, Scott. The first is it's the best way, at least in our opinion, to launch a product, right? Anytime we're launching a new product on Amazon, we're building a list for it if it's inside of a brand. But the real reason is the long-term value of that list. And you, this is something that's happened online for quite a while. Everybody knows that an email list is the secret to that value. It's been one of those things since the early days of the internet that has been consistent. It's a traffic source that we control. And that's the real reason behind why we're building a list, right? We want to have a group of people that we can reach out to no matter what happens in this crazy internet world. If Amazon went away tomorrow, we'd still have you know, in this case, 5,200 people, although we're adding them to an existing list. So it's closer to like 16,000 people that are fans of our products. So if Amazon were to disappear, we could simply point them in a new direction and they could still buy our stuff while we figured out how to deal with it. Yeah. Right. And so having that ability, that long term asset and the fact that, you know, actually talking to these people through email builds real relationships, which is is something you can't do in a lot of other mediums online is extremely powerful. And so we build it for those reasons. Mm. Yeah. And I, again, I think, you know, some people think, well, okay, I'm going to build the email list. I'm going to launch the product. And then from there, I'm pretty much done with that email list. Right. And that's really what I want to talk about today. And I want to go into really some examples, but also give some structure as far as the different components. And really that we're not just building an email list to build an email list. We're building it in a market, our market, where we can then educate, we can also get feedback, we can get all of those things. Uh, so there's more to having the email list than just selling product. There's also, and this is a big one, Chris, we get this all the time, like what do I send my email list? And we're gonna actually right. give you some emails that you guys can kind of model and kind of get inspiration from. And, uh, and you can kind of use them to get yourself moving. Also, that you need to understand that it's, when you're sending an email, you're sending it to a person. You're not just sending it to just, 
you know, someone out there that's a number, you're sending it to a person and there's a lot of things that that person can do other than just buy things. So the first thing that I want to mention is, well, actually, you know what the first thing I want to mention, Chris, is the show notes to this episode. That's what I want to mention because we are going to have some swipe copy. You're probably going to want to go there, check out the show notes, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 438, and that will give you the transcripts, the links, all the notes, and any swipe copy that we give you guys, which we're going to give you a couple of examples here. We're going to talk about emails that get great opens, which again, we're going to be talking about. But the first thing that I want people to really understand, Chris, is that, and I just said it, but I'm going to say it again, understand there's more than just selling. These are real people, like real people. And there's a lot of different things that those people can do. Number one, they can share with others. And people don't think of that, Chris. They, They think to themselves, well, they didn't buy, they're no good to me. That's not the case, right? How powerful is it? And Chris, I mean, you can probably give us an example here of how this kind of happened to us. We actually sent an email and then one of our subscribers ended up sharing that. What happened, Chris, when that happened? (laughs) Which time? That's happened to (laughs) us several times. But basically, we went from what we thought was going to be, you know, a nice little product launch. We're going to sell 50, 100 units. We sold several hundred units, right? And it's happened over and over and over again. And we can almost always trace a big spike like that to someone in our audience sharing a piece of content, uh, which is really cool for us. And so anytime we send out a piece of content, we kind of brace ourselves to see what's going to happen in the new brand because even if they don't buy from us, they might share in a group of their friends who all need that product, right? And and that's one of the things that, that people miss in email, and you brought it up a little bit earlier, is like, oh, well, I already emailed them about it, so I don't need to email them again. Yeah. Well, this is a mistake that that I don't just see, you know, in in TAS or in, you know, people in the Amazon space or the e-commerce space. I've seen this for years in the businesses that we consulted with, you know, even five, six years ago, you walk into a large company that has 300,000 email addresses and they haven't emailed them in a year. Mm. Right. And it's because, well, we don't have anything to send them. Well, there, oh, there's always something to send them just because you don't have a sale doesn't mean that that's the only way that you use the email list. Right. There's a lot of different things. We have a lot of different objectives as a a company. And the call to action is not always and should not always be buy something, Mm. right? We we send emails, and Scott, this is like a big marketing no-no with with no real call to action. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's just here's some value. Guess what the call to action is? Go check out the cool stuff we're giving you for free. That's the call to action, Right. right? It doesn't have to be this big elaborate thing. And I think... There's there's a few things that people run into in, in terms of hurdles. One is like, what do I send people? And two, why would anybody want to hear from me are, are probably two of the biggest ones. If I don't have something to sell them, why do people want to hear from me? And so I think we're going to talk through both of those today as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny. I mean, we're talking about an email list, but this also goes really well with a Facebook fan page, uh, a Facebook group even Instagram, like we're talking about number one, delivering value, getting people's attention. And that attention is what we normally call like a hook in a sense that gets people to kind of open up their eyes and their ears and say, okay, wait a minute here. This is interesting to me because it pertains to, to me and this hobby that I have or this thing that I have. Um, and so when you do that, you can do it on not just your email list or, you know, with your email list, you can do it on all all other aspects of your, you know, of your channels, if you will. And it's really important that you understand that it's about communicating with people, uh, in a way that will allow them to know that you're there, but then also for them to say, wow, this is cool. I want to, I want to keep opening or keep seeing this in my feed or in my, in my inbox, because 
they're either funny or they made me smile today or they gave me a great tip or they have a great product, they give me discounts, like all of that stuff kind of comes back in. The other thing I want to highlight here, Chris, is, you know, we, we mentioned that, you know, number one, they're, they're real people. They can share with others, which we have done numerous times as, you know, our, our list has. They can also help give feedback. And we've done this on new products. And actually, the one time that I can remember that we did it, we were putting a design out in front of our Facebook fan page. And we also asked our email list to go over to Facebook and then let us know. And they basically voted down the one that we were thinking they were going to want. And because of that, we didn't order that type of product or that style. So that's a big one, Chris, as far as like getting that feedback or that feedback loop. Um, you want to talk about anything there before we move on? Yeah, I, I think the feedback is important, but before we before we talk about that, I think the one of the hurdles that people run into, and you were just talking about this, is it's kind of an intangible, right? Like the the whole content giving value thing is really an intangible, and that's why I think people struggle with it. Like if I send an email that's a sales email, I know exactly how many dollars came from that, right? And I can say whether it worked or it didn't. But with the content stuff, if we're just trying to give value, that's when that becomes a little harder. And that's why why I think so many people struggle with it. But what you see over time is that that stuff obviously produces value because it increases open rates or on Facebook, it increases the, the number of people who are willing to share and engage with you because you're creating a real genuine relationship with people and not just shoving stuff down their throat. And that value that relationship is really what creates that feedback loop for you, right? Whether it's a piece of content and, and what's going to work well in terms of stuff that we should create and share, whether it's the product stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. okay, I now trust this audience because they engage with me. I've seen this guy comment on everything. So I actually care about his opinion because he's bought every one of my products, right? Here's what my ideal customer is saying that we want. And here's how we think the product should be maybe we should err on the side of what the person who we actually want to buy it is saying. And so, you know, again, it, it comes back to sharing that value, but it's, it's not necessarily tangible until you get it to a place where you're sending another sales email or you're asking specifically for feedback. Does that actually make sense? Yes, it does. And, you know, again, you know, we're, we're talking about like getting that feedback, but then also when you get the feedback, it can help to leverage, you know, your, you know, your next product launch because, or you're leveraging them for your next product launch because they're telling you what they want. So right. just for people to understand that it's not just about the sale. So many people base off the numbers, you know, what did the email do as far as bottom line? The other thing is I have here on my notes that I want to make sure that we mention here, and it kind of goes hand in hand, what we just kind of talked about was they may buy in the future, maybe not now, right? So even though they don't buy now, it's okay because they may share now or they may just consume now. They might not be ready right now. Maybe they're busy right now, but then in, you know, four weeks from now or six weeks or maybe six months from now, they buy in the future. As long as they are on your email list, as long as they're on your Facebook page, group, whatever, you still have that connection, right? You still have the way or a way to communicate with them. So to me, it's about delivering that value, keeping them or keeping yourself front of mind and understanding that there's so much more that goes into it than just building a list to sell something. 
So right. I just want to be very, very clear on that. And if you understand that, you're, you see the power and the leverage. And we haven't even talked, Chris, and we may not even on this episode because I want to really get into kind of like how to communicate, what to deliver to them and how to sell to them without, without being sleazy. But, you know, we didn't even mention that when you get this email list and a lot of people say, well, the email list, you know, what if they don't open the email and stuff? And it's like, okay, fine. We can still take that email list now, upload it to Facebook and then we can make a lookalike audience or target a lookalike audience of people that are like these people. So that's another thing that you get from that email list that you have that you wouldn't normally have, you know, uh, you know, the ability to do. So it's just important that you guys understand that it's it's an asset. It's a huge asset. And again, and this is why we we are so passionate about it because we've seen what it does. And you know, to to you know to a brand which is the one that we're kind of you know using as an example right now. But just in, gosh, in in the amazing seller stuff, like we know, I have people that follow the podcast. I have people that follow on the email list that they get my Friday emails. Like, and I'm not selling necessarily on there, but ultimately it it can come back to a sale somewhere down the line. But to me, it doesn't matter if you buy today, tomorrow, or a year from now, or two years from now, or if you never buy, right? Because you're giving out that value, and then you're spreading out that goodwill, as we call it. So. With that all being said, Chris, let's dig in. There's six There's six things that I want to discuss here. Number one is email list building. That's what we're going to talk about, but that's the step number one, right? Step number one is building that email list. And I know a lot of people email me. They say, Scott, where do I get started with that? Well, you you and I, Chris, we, we did a workshop that goes over the exact steps that we have done. We actually give you guys like a step-by-step, like what we've done. We show you like looking over our shoulder and that can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash build list. So there's no sense in really going over like how that all works as far as like the offer, the traffic, like all that stuff. That's, that's on the workshop. Definitely go check that out. Number two is, and this is the next big one that a lot of people ask, like, what do I, what do I write them and how frequently and, and, and that stuff. Well, step number two here is you should write three emails. Okay. And this is critical. Okay. Because a lot of people will just get the email list and then they'll send one email trying to sell and then they'll email us and say it didn't work. Right. Well, it's very critical that you understand you need to tell stories. So Chris, I want you to talk a little bit on this as far as like, what, what do we mean by storytelling? How can we make this more interesting than just saying like, Hey, thanks for signing up. Great. Talk to you later. So I think the biggest thing that, that people miss is the thing that makes email powerful and the same goes on social media right is having a personality sky and you and i have talked about having you know a front person in the brand and even if if you don't have somebody that's willing to be the quote-unquote face having that actual persona right exactly you can do that very easily via email because the the thing that is powerful in email is you're creating a connection and the best way to create a connection in any setting is by storytelling, right? Or showcasing that personality. And that's really what we're talking about. You know, there's gonna be some idiosyncrasies, there's gonna be some some inside jokes with your audience and with the people that resonate with you, like TAS and the garlic press, right? Like, exactly. If you mention a garlic press on anything that you do, people lose their minds laughing, right? And it's because that's part of your personality now, right? It's part of the persona, it's part of the brand. And so if we don't use garlic press as an example, we get angry emails from people who are like, why not garlic press? Why didn't you use garlic press? Um, where is it? Right. And so that all happens through the storytelling. Now, Scott, just to, to make sure I'm on the right track here, sure. you said the first three emails. So what you're talking about is the first three emails kind of after the contest yes. starts yep. or the, the three emails that we send out around the sales. 
No, I, I would say, you know, maybe even just kind of give like, you, you don't have to go through like what you're going to write a hundred percent, but maybe just kind of like the gist of it in those first three emails, like, what are we, what are we, what are we putting in there? So people know it's us and then they're opening our emails. Okay. So the, the first one, if you're, you know, if you're doing a contest or whatever you're using to capture those leads, it's just going to be a really simple thank you email. And we're going to try to get them to share based on that. Right. So what we do is we say, thanks for entering the contest. If you want to share it with other people, you're going to get three additional entries. Go ahead and do that. The, the next email that we're going to send out, and we don't necessarily do this in a sequence, like we don't schedule this in advance necessarily, but we do send a weekly email. So anybody that comes in is going to get that. We're going to send an email that is a piece of content and usually a reminder, right? So the, the example that we have that we were talking about before we jumped on here, Scott, we said uh, the new way to catch fish, plus it's over soon. Right. So we're just letting people know that, you know, with the last few weeks of bass season upon us, I wanted to take a minute to share a new trick that I've been using. And then we show them the trick. Right. We just send them a link to the YouTube video about the trick. And then we say, I also wanted to remind you that the Bassmaster 4000 contest that we're running is about to end. It's going to end on, you know, October 31st or whenever the end date is. If you haven't already jumped in, make sure you do that and don't forget to share the link. Right. So we're giving a little bit of value. We're also asking them for something that's going to be there. They're starting to see our personality in that type of an email. And we're still getting a little bit of value in return. The next thing that, that we send and the example that we used here is called my big secret. That's the email subject. And it's basically just a content only email. Right. So we're, there's no call to action. There's nothing asking them to do anything other than look at the cool thing. Uh, and the reason that we're doing that is we're really trying to show off that personality at that point. And if they're willing to open and engage with this, we know that they're going to be good for us long term, right? So the the subject that we use for something like this is my big secret, right? And so we said, hey, tonight's a fun night. I have a bunch of my friends over. We're making our own lures to use this season. We've been doing this for a few years now, and there's nothing better than sitting around, getting ready for the season with a few friends, trading tips, and of course, some fish stories. Before they come over tonight, I wanted to take a few minutes to share some of my favorite lore making tips with you. I jumped on a Facebook Live, and I show off how to make my super secret lore. Click here to check them out, right? Then we actually ask if they have a tip that they want to share with our audience. And we do that for a couple of reasons. One, people who send us an email back, and you will get emails back on this kind of thing, are going to be our super fans, right? And we've sent basically three emails at this point. If people are engaging then, those are going to be the super hot people, and we, we know that they're going to be good for us long term. And two, it actually gives us ideas for additional content that we can create for free provided by our audience. So we're not sending anything super complicated here, but in those three emails, we're able to get them to enter the contest if they haven't already, or enter, you know, enter their wife, enter their friends. We're able to get them to share, and we're able to get them to engage with a piece of content without having to ask them to give us any money even at that point. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's great. And you know, it's, it's exactly what we want to do. Like we're, we're letting them know that yes, you've, you've signed up. So now they've opened that email and they also get another chance to, to share it, which is going to be great because if they share it, and if you go through our training in the, in the build list training on that workshop, you'll see exactly what we mean as far as like how we incentivize them for sharing the content uh, or the contest. Um, so, it's really, really critical that you understand that those three are very, very important. Now, the third part that I want to talk about is like, let's say that the contest ends. Now people say, well, now I got nothing to email those people. So I like 
to, and I know we do this in the new brand, is send out weekly content. So get yourself on like a little bit of a weekly content schedule that you're always gonna be emailing that list. And another big question we get, Chris, a lot of times is like, what if I don't currently have my product? Like, what do I email them and should I should I be even doing this before I have my product? So those are some things that people ask and we can address those, but what do we write at this point for weekly content? So maybe we can just kind of talk about that really quickly and then we'll talk more about like the opens, the clicks and all that stuff. So there's, there's a few different ways you can approach this. There's kind of the bare bones approach and then there's the way that we're doing it in the new brand because of some of the resources that we have, right? But either way, the email is going to look very similar. We're basically sending content only emails, right? That third email, the like my big secret email on a weekly basis. Now, if you're creating your own content, you're putting it on a website or you're putting it on YouTube, where, wherever you're publishing that content, you can easily link to that stuff, whatever you created that week. If you're not, and that, that that's what we're doing in the new brand. We're creating content on a weekly basis. Actually, it's two or three times a week because we have some resources in place to be able to create great content for our audience. But the, the thing that a lot of people run into, Scott, and uh, let me know. Owen just decided to attack my desk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me know if you can hear him uh, in the background. I, I um, couldn't, but uh, okay, go, <laughs> Owen. Go. Um. I don't know why he thought I was playing with him. I'm standing here and I have been. <laughs> Maybe your hands are going really crazy because you're explaining <laughs> <Probably>. something. <laughs> um, if you don't have your own content, you can share other people's content. Yes. And that's what we started out doing, right? All you have to do, and people, people all the time say, I don't have anything to share. Go to YouTube, go to Google, and share OPC, other people's content, right? Yeah. Find some really cool bass fishing videos. Find some really cool ways to clean the garlic press and just link people over to that. You're not doing it for long-term brand value. You're not doing it for anything other than to keep that email list hot, mm -hmm. right? We don't want to let those people lapse because if we do, we're going to get a lower open rate. We're going to get a lower click-through rate if we go to send a sales email then. And what we've heard several times now since we did the initial build list training is, you know, oh, my product got delayed by a week, so my contest is going to be over two weeks before I actually get my product or yeah. something like that. What do I do in the meantime? And the mm -hmm. answer is you just grab one of these content only emails and send it. It doesn't have to be the greatest thing on the planet. No, I write a lot of our emails and I think they're terrible, but we get 30, 40% open rates, right? So I'm not going to complain about that. And all you have to do is find something and send it. If it's your own content, that's going to be even better. Mm -hmm. If not, send somebody else's stuff. Just build a spreadsheet with 20 really cool fishing tips. And guess what? You now have five and a half months worth of content. Right. Yeah. 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 I'm, that you can send out at any point. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like just, you know, a lot of people, they, they kind of get scattered as far as what they got to do. Like to me, it's like once you're building the list, now it's really about like, okay, what are some ideas of what you can send that list? You may even want to sign up for other people's lists and get ideas of how they're sending it. Okay. And it, it doesn't even have to be in your market. It could just be, maybe you're in the, you're in the fishing market, but they're in the cooking market, but you're getting ideas of what they're sending. You're like, Oh, cool. I can, I can come up with like six different tips on, you know, how to do X, Y, and Z because that's what they sent out. Right. Or maybe you're seeing how they structure the email. Like that's how you can learn from this. Now we're going to give you some examples here, but understand that you don't have to write these long emails. I say shorter emails are better anyway. The other thing is do not write your email in a big giant block of text, break it up. Your English teacher will probably be cringing, but you just want to break that up. So it's scannable. Um, that's the other thing. So Chris, with that being said, let's now jump into another important 
part of this, this is like our step four here, is really like understanding and, and applying this, but really selling the open of the email. We call this the hook, all right? So there's a couple of different things. Number one, do not do not write a huge, a long uh, you know, subject line. Number one, it gets truncated when you're looking at it on mobile. So your first like four words are pre- are probably the most important. So let's talk about the hook, Chris, really quickly, and maybe give a few examples of the hook. And the hook is really like giving, again, getting people to be either curious or asking them a question. Like those are ways to get them to kind of perk up and go, oh yeah, this kind of pertains to me. This, this is interesting. Um, so Chris, you want to share a couple? I got a couple I could share too. You want to share a couple? I am just standing here laughing because you're calling this the hook, which is, I mean, that's the, the marketing exactly. go for it, but all of the sample <laughs> subject lines you have are fishing related. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, yeah. I'm well, trying, no, I'm I'm trying, trying to... to keep my composure <laughs> and not just giggle like a schoolgirl. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's a couple of good ones and some of the, the samples that you threw together here really quick, I think are really good. And what we're really trying to do is we're trying to pique curiosity or we're trying to make someone take a position, right? Any, anything that gets them out of their their state. And this is, this is a place that Joel, like having Joel on might be a really good place to, to talk about this, but it, or it's an interrupt, right? Because when people are scrolling through their inbox, they're looking for something that stands out. Everything kind of looks the same. So anything that piques curiosity, uh, makes them angry mm-hmm. <laughs> because you've stated an opinion, anything like that works really well. So one of the examples that you gave here, Scott, that I think is really good is this trick helped me catch a three pound bass yesterday. Yeah. What I would probably do is I would say this weird trick. Yep. Right. And it's going to be something that people go, well, what's weird? You know, what's this thing? I want to catch a three pound bass. They'll open it. Um, the DIY spinner bait, you know, best DIY spinner bait, lowest, uh, lowest parts included. Yeah. yeah well, I, I put in there like it's, it's like, you know, your parts list is included, but I put lows in there. So if, you know, oh, depending okay. on where you're so from, Lowe's, Home Depot, or you can just put parts list included, you know what I mean? So you can have that stuff in there because I think again, you know, DIY, DIY people always want to do it yourself. Right. And spinner bait, that's I'm calling out again. I know it's people that are interested in catching bass and, I'm going to really make myself sound stupid here, but, um, you know, spinner bait, I believe you can catch some bass with. Um, so that, that's what I would put in there. And again, it's really short and punchy, right? Like DIY spinner bait. Like, so someone's like, if someone's into that stuff, they're like, okay, cool. I want to be able to make my own spinner bait and try it. And then they have parts list included. So now you're asking yourself like, well, can I make this myself? Well, I'm going to actually give you the parts list so you can actually just go out and find it and then build it yourself. Um, so that one there to me is a good one. The other one that I like here that I came up with is even just using a number, like three of my best lures, I can't live without. Right. So you immediately, you you hear three of them, you hear it's my best. And then you say the ones that I can't live without. So it's kind of like when someone's a professional, like if you're a photographer and you say, here's three lenses, I can't live without. Like you want to know what lenses they are because you're an upcoming photographer or you're even just a pro photographer and you're saying like, well, I want to see if they're the same that I use. So just some ways to get curiosity. The the other ones, and I'm going to pull some from the examples that we have, you know, the new way to catch fish, mm-hmm. right? Uh, my big secret, that was the one we shared a, a minute ago, uh, hook, line, and floater. <laughs> <laughs> What's right? that like, one there you might get some flack on? I'm not sure if we call that a floater, but. Well, I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I didn't want to say bobber. Uh, I don't think, but, oh, you know what, Scott? I actually did. I, I, I called it out in the email copy. I didn't even realize that I did that because we were joking about that subject line earlier. Um, yeah, why don't, why don't you go ahead and read that email uh, really quickly and just kind of scan it and, and you can read it and give people a little bit of context. So 
this this is an email that we actually used and guys this is not like we're not actually selling phishing stuff but it's rewritten almost identically from from the example right uh, so the subject line is hook line and floater this was what we call a hybrid email we use this as the second email in the three email sales sequence that you guys have heard us talk about that we use for product launches and the subject line is hook line and a floater. So it says, hey, I just wanted to quickly jump in and let you know about a really cool trick that I found this weekend. Did you know that a hook, a line, and a floater, not that kind of floater, is all you need to spot where the biggest fish are in any given body of water? Check it out here. And we're linking to someone else's YouTube video. I'm going to be honest. I never realized that spotting a turtle's head floating above the water could be such a good omen for that spot that I was fishing in. I tried it this weekend and got the biggest bass of my life. This stuff works. So the floater is actually a turtle's head in this case, right? <laughs> and that's the that's the big secret to catching a big bass. They actually hang out with turtles, apparently, according to that YouTube video. So, <laughs> you know, and then at the bottom, we're just saying, P.S., if you wanted one of the cool Realomatics, like the one that Bo is using in this video, head over here and use promo code Realom50 to get 50% off before Sunday. The reason we have a, a sales call to action in this one is because we're using it as part of a sales sequence. Yeah, and, and again, we call that a hybrid, right? So there's no sales being done in the front of that email, right? So you're 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 kind of being humored a little bit, like Chris sprinkled in a little bit of humor, um, but actually something that you might be interested in. It's kind of neat to see kind of like how, how Bo actually figured this out and he's sharing that. And it's not you, you're not the expert, you're just sharing something that you found that you thought was pretty cool. And then in the PS, it's like, oh yeah, by the way, if you wanna use you know that Realomatic, that Bo's using, go ahead, click here. We've got a special discount for you guys, you know, for the weekend, something like that. And I think it's really, really important too that we highlight that, Chris, is that we also gave a deadline. A lot of people don't do that. Um, you should add a little bit of scarcity in there when you are trying to push sales through a promo. So just a little side tip there for you. That might be a writer downer for you. Um, really important. But you see how we did that though? There's like no nothing salesy there. Like we just threw that in at the end. Oh, by the way, you know, here it is. So there's nothing salesy happening. Um, it's, it's actually educational. It's fun. It's something you're interested in. And, um, you're not like looking at it like, oh, this person's trying to sell me something. They're actually giving me value first. So, um, right. and I, I think that's important because we were talking about, you actually said sell the open, right? And we're doing that with a hook. If you guys are struggling with coming up with subject lines, go somewhere like Yahoo and open any news article, scroll down to the bottom and look for like the Tabulu content. Uh, it's, it's going to be the ads kind of at the bottom of those articles and it'll say sponsored content, those headlines are usually amazing because people are paying for that placement. The other place you could go is somewhere like BuzzFeed, right, mm -hmm. where they do a lot of like 10 best lists, but they also do one weird trick and a lot of those kind of articles, their entire model is based off stuff going viral on Facebook. Yeah. And so if you look at their titles on blog posts, it'll give you some ideas to kind of jump into that. The, the second job that we have then, Scott, after we've gotten people to open is we need to, to do what you're calling sell the click. Yeah. And one of the ways that we do that is through the hybrid content. So regardless of whether we're trying to get them just to visit our content or whether we're trying to get them to buy something from us, we need to actually get them to click once they've opened it. We have a second job to do now. Yeah, and, and that, that second job, like you said, is clicking either the content or clicking a link to go over and purchase something. Um, in this case, we have two, two links in that email. We have one to a YouTube video and we have one to uh, a product. So now you may 
you may have a click that gives uh, a link to, or I'm, I'm sorry, a link that goes over to the YouTube video. And then in the PS, you may have uh, maybe something that you're doing inside your Facebook page that you want people to go over there and leave a comment on. That could be your call to action there. That could be selling that click. Now, I like Chris said, I call it like selling, selling the open and then selling the click. When you have an email, you have to understand that you have an email list, you have people on that list. You're sending them an email. The very first thing you need to do is you need to sell the open, meaning you need to get the attention of the open and get that done. Like that, that's, that's job number one after you have the email list. Job number two is obviously making them or having them do the next thing, which could be clicking on that link to go watch the video or click on the link to go buy your product or click on the link to go, uh, you know, put your comment in on the Facebook page. Um, so these are different ways that we call selling the open and then selling the click. If you can't get the email opened, you don't have a chance of getting the click. So we, we often talk a lot about open rates. What is, what is the standard open rate, Chris, in, in the industry of, of like, you know, sending emails, um, in, in various markets, like what is the standard? I would say mid teens okay. is is typically what so I mean and seventeen percent in an in seventeen to twenty is gonna be on the higher end of average. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um now and we've had some emails that get you know, we have a sequence right now that sends an email every two days to the people who opt into that sequence and that those are getting forty percent. Right. Right. But <clears throat> yeah, I mean if you're getting if you're getting fifteen percent or higher, that's good. Obviously, the higher it is, the better it is. And you'll start to get better and better. And, you know, we if, if I even just jump in here and look at some of the broadcasts we've sent in the new brand and guys broadcast is just a fancy word for email to the entire list. Uh, we can see some of the different subject lines that have performed really well. Yeah. And then right? the other and, thing and, is you and can then we can start to make informed decisions. Based and that's on what I was going to say. Yeah, because now we can say, OK, wait a minute here. That email got 40 percent open. The one after that only got 22. Why? Well, obviously it doesn't resonate with people or, or whatever, right? So if we can look at that and go, how can we, how can we fix that? How can we add something new to it? Maybe it's just, you know, maybe your email subject line is too long and what they're, what, what could get them interested is at the tail end and it's being truncated because they're seeing it on a mobile. So maybe you flip that around and you kind of rework it. Um, so those are ways to do it. The other thing is to understand is that if you're getting 40%, that's great and all, but can you tweak that to get 50%? Like that's right. another way to take a thousand people and you're getting 500 people to see it. How can we get 600 people to see it? Cause if we get 600 more, if we get 600 people, that's a hundred more people and we, and we're getting a, a 3% click through rate. Well, even if that 3% click through rate stays the same, we're getting more people to see the actual link. Um, so, and I know I, this is getting a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit more advanced, but it's really simple. If you think about it, we're building the email list. We're writing the first three emails that is going to be kind of giving people a little bit of background of what we are and who we are and what we're doing and, and what to, what's next kind of thing. And that's really setting, setting people up after the contest. And then from there, that weekly content to stay engaged, to keep that list warm, or as Chris said, maybe hot. All right. And then from there, we're looking at selling the open, okay, the open rate, and then selling the click. And then adding some hybrid content in there. So this way here, we're not actually going out there and being sleazy and just kind of giving people sale after sale after sale after sale. Like we, the minute you do that, you're going to see your open rate go from maybe 50% to 10% or 5%. And that's where you get a list of people that don't want to be on your list or they're going to unsubscribe. And if they don't know how to unsubscribe, they're going to be complaining. We don't want that. All right. So we want to deliver value over, over the course of time. All right. So just really understand the content is there to give value, but then also 
to bring people over to your social channels or maybe over to your sale or maybe over to a piece of content to really continue to be, you know, the reporter in a sense. You are the reporter. You are the expert maybe, or maybe you're not the expert. Maybe you're the person that wants to be the expert and you're just out there doing research for them. Like that could be it. And I call that the reporter style. You don't have to be the expert. Tell you, you know, basically go, come out and say that. Say, I'm not an expert either. I'm just kind of learning this thing, but I really found this cool trick and I think you guys would really find it, it cool and I tried it and it worked great. Like that's fine. Just be who you are or the person that is the, you know, the, the front person or the person that you are using as your voice. That's the one that you want to be able to kind of tell the story of why you're putting this out there kind of sprinkling some humor if you can, um, and then curiosity and then deadlines. I think those are big. Um, so Chris, to wrap this up here, as far as this little section that I wanted to kind of go over, cause I'm kind of recapping as we're going through here, but I wanted to really just the, the sixth thing here that I wanted to kind of talk about is everything we just talked about is kind of like around emails, opens, clicks, like email list, all that stuff. But really I want people to understand that the same principles apply with social posts. So why don't we talk about that really quickly? Like if you are putting together a Facebook post, how are you incorporating these same principles? Well, and I, I think that is important because a lot of people, and it works the opposite way too, right? If you find something that works well on Facebook, you can apply it to email. And just like an email, like everybody thinks that they need to do what, like Best Buy does, right? And they just need to send all sales emails and that's absolutely the wrong way to do it. The same thing on Facebook, right? Or Twitter or whatever social media channel you're using. We kind of use uh, sales emails as an afterthought, <laughs> right? It's Pretty not much. the primary purpose. And, and the same thing on Facebook. Like, yeah, occasionally we'll send a direct sales email, right? Where it's like, hey, we're launching this new product, go get it. But then the next email is a hybrid, right? Same thing on social. Occasionally we'll actually post a link directly to the product but most of our content is gonna be value. So it's either gonna be other people's content, it's going to be a cool trick that we found, right? It's gonna be a GIF about the industry, you know, a meme, something like that, about the industry that we're in. So, you know, uh, there's a GIF going around on Facebook that I think Joel sent to me the other day of a guy holding a fish, right? It's a giant, like 50 pound fish and it flaps and it hits him in the face and he drops it back into the lake, <laughs> right? Like sharing that if you have a fishing page would do really well with that audience. It's not anything to do with the product. And, th and this is where something, and I was literally having this conversation yesterday uh, with somebody that, that, we're, that we're helping uh, in their new brand. And they said, uh, you know, I, I don't really understand. It needs to be about the product, right? No, the answer is it actually needs to be about the content. It's about the stuff that we're sharing. The product kind of comes in as an afterthought. And so if we can link it back to a product, great. But what we're really trying to do is really trying to give value. What we're selling is the connection and the value. And so we're gonna share a lot of things that don't necessarily have a direct correlation back to our sales because we're trying to build those relationships. So those, those things that show off your personality, like the fish slapping the guy in the face and him dropping it back into the lake, if I find that funny, I'm gonna share that with the audience and see how they react, right? If they find it funny, then I'm gonna share more stuff like that. And that's the way that you do that inside of social. And you guys may have heard of a book, and I'm just gonna throw out a resource here, but it's a great way to think about it, Jab, 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 Right Hook, which Scott, I know you've, you've talked about mm -hmm. in the yep. past for Gary V. Fantastic way to think about it. You know, we're gonna give, give, give. We're gonna give people what they want. And then when we ask for something, they're gonna be willing to participate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, they're gonna remember that, you know, you're 
you're adding value to them and you're not just pitching a product, but you also want them to know that you do have stuff for sale. You know what I mean? Like it's not a bad thing to sell people stuff. Like I know myself, like, you know, if I am, if I am receiving value, right. From someone and they have products, it's probably going to be an easier sale for me to go to them because they're delivering this value to me. I'll give you a perfect example, Chris. Uh, you know, my pool company is finally finishing up <laughs> and they came over and gave me pool school yesterday. Okay. So they t- took me through the entire process. I mean, they give you floaties. Oh my God. No, but they should have, but it's just like, it's very complicated, like chemicals and like, you know, pH balances and, and like, you know, alkalinity and like all of these different things. And I'm like, damn, like this is a lot to understand, but they're giving me everything. They're giving me everything. They're helping me with all this stuff. And guess what they offered me at the end? What would you think, Chris? Pool service, right? But you know, it's going to cost you 50, 60 bucks a month for chemicals. We can come in and do it for 200 bucks and we'll do everything. We'll come once a week. We'll even vacuum. We'll even blow off your deck. We'll do everything, right? So it's almost like a no-brainer. Now, I can still say no. I still got a ton of value. They're cool with it. But now they may send me something every month on tips to, you know, help with the pool. Well, guess what? I may eventually just say, you know what? I think I'm just going to have them do the pool because I don't want to deal with it. I've been dealing with it and it's kind of frustrating. So again, just another example of how you could do it and they could intertwine some, some you know, things to do in your pool for the summer, how to have a great party, how to be safe with kids, like all of these things. Now that I have a pool, that would then pertain to what I am doing. They could also sprinkle in some funny stuff, what you can do as a, you know, for a kid's party, whatever, right? So there's ways that you can do it. And eventually, like I said, I may say, go ahead, just do the pool service, which by the way, um, I did do the pool service, by the way, I'm, I'm not going to monkey with that, <laughs> at least for the first six months, because the plaster is still curing. So as the plaster is still curing, it's very important that your pH is right, because if not, you can ruin your plaster and then it's, you're going to shorten the lifespan on that. So they scared me in a sense. So I just, I bid on it. Oh my gosh, look at that. I just did that too. We're, we're talking about fishing and I just bit on that piece of bait that they threw out there <laughs> jumped, for me. Chomped down on the bait. Yeah. But they didn't overly sell me. That's the thing. And it's crazy because the pool company, the construction side, terrible. I wouldn't recommend them. The service side, love them. Like really, really good. So I told them they should probably change the name. That's what I told them. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. You, you don't want to be associated no, with them. No, I go, you don't want to be associated with them. Because those guys, I mean, the minute you were coming over here and I knew you were going to try to sell me service, I was not buying it. I'm talking to you now. You're telling me everything I want to hear. You're telling me that if I have any issues, you contact you, not them. I'm in, right? So, um, just- so I, I want to throw out two mistakes, Scott, that sure. I see people making all the time. And the the struggle that even we have is striking a balance between the two, right? The first mistake that I see people making, and, and we talked about this a little bit on the email side, is it's it's nothing but sales, right? That We'll call that the used car salesman, right? It just doesn't feel right mm. because you're just hammering over the head to get the deal. It doesn't matter. We're going to sell, sell, sell. You know, it's truck month, truck, 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 right? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. You need to come buy it. And yes, you are going to get some sales through that in spite of it but it's not necessarily because of it, right? It's just, you're, you're top of mind, so the 3% of people who need the car this weekend are gonna come down to Bobby's used car sales before Sunday to make sure they get the thing, right? The other side of that is, and I'm trying to think of an example, but have you been to like a farmer's market mm-hmm. where people sell homemade candles? Yep. Uh, or homemade soap? Yep. And we had, 
there, there's a lady here that sells homemade soap. And if she's a podcast listener, let me know and, and we'll help you with this. But she's the exact opposite side of the spectrum. She's like, yeah, we have soap. You should smell it. <laughs> right? like, there's no call to action. She's not, you know, she's not asking me what I might use it for. She's not, she's not giving me any value. She's like, it's soap, right? Here it is. It exists. And we can't do that either because we need to let people know how it's going to help them. We need to actually give them the opportunity to purchase, right? So we have to strike a balance between being the soap lady and the used car salesman. And by doing something like, and ironically, we called these hybrid emails before I started going through that. By using that kind of hybrid approach, we're giving value. We're also letting them know how it might impact their lives. So we're giving them a little bit of a sales pitch. And if they're interested, then they can go get it. We're giving them an outlet to do it. So we're asking for the sale in a non-aggressive used car salesman way. But unlike the soap lady, we're actually asking. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. We have to strike that balance. And, and using this type of email lets us do that tremendously well. Yeah. And I think just to kind of wrap things up, I mean, again, just understanding that these are real people and you also need to, to, you know, you need to sell. Okay. But there's, and, and it's not, it's not a bad thing to sell. There's just better ways to sell than going out there and just hitting people over the head until they buy. Or the minute that they don't buy, you just, you just discard them. Right, you just you just say, you know what, I'm done with you. Kind of like my uh, neighbor up the road that tried to get my wife into an MLM type thing. We won't get into that topic. Um, but if you guys heard uh, one of my Facebook lives, or uh, I might have even mentioned it on the podcast, um, yeah, I mean, you know, trying to come off as you're trying to help, but then really uh, not helping if you don't buy, kind of thing. That's not what we're doing. And if you guys are listeners of the podcast for any length of time, uh, I mean, I think you guys already know that uh, for, you know, for, for me, you know, personally, I mean, we're at, this is episode 438 and there's people that have listened to the podcast who've gotten tons of value, who've launched businesses and have not purchased a thing. And I'm cool with that. I'm, st you still paid me by, by sharing with me that you launched a product successfully and it's changed your life. And I've got you up on my thank you wall. Like, that energizes me. That fuels me. Uh, so in, in a way, you have. And you might have told people about the podcast. You might have told people about the private label classroom. You might have told people about a workshop that we've done, right? So I think you guys see just by even watching what we're doing here on the podcast, it's about giving value, helping people, genuinely helping people, not forgetting and discarding people if they don't buy. And if you do that, I'm telling you right now, that'll work forever, it doesn't matter the channel, the platform, uh, email list, Facebook, whatever the new platform will be in 10 years from now. It does not matter. People are people and people don't want to be hammered over the head with and they want to be treated. They want to be treated good and, and they want to be delivered value. The thing that's that's interesting there, Scott, and you started to touch on it, the opposite side of not hearing people over the head is the candle lady who never asks. And that's the other side that I see people end up with a lot in the email is they send tons of content and that's great. But people don't know that they actually have stuff for sale. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, and if, if what I have as a fishing company is going to help somebody catch better bass, then I kind of have an obligation to at least tell them about it. Right. Like if, if our mission and to me, everybody that's building a brand should be genuinely interested in helping the people that are their co potential customers. Right. Yeah. yeah. And 
you're going to do that through content, but you're also going to do that through your products. And if they don't know that it exists and it's something that can help them, you're doing, you're actually doing them a disservice by not sharing it with them. That doesn't mean you hammer them over the head, but you need to at least make them aware of it from time to time. And that, that's why I like the hybrid emails that we're sending. Yeah, no, I love it. All right, cool. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up. I'm going to recap the six, uh, steps that uh, I believe is uh, is what everyone should be doing when they're building a brand. And that is number one, email list building. Like I think no matter if you have a product right now that's launched or if you're getting ready to launch or if you're, even if you're in just the, the beginning stages, it's something that you could be doing to even get information about your market, right? You can get more insight about your market. So number one is email list building. I think that's number one. Uh, in, in really understanding and also in action steps to building that asset. So again, I'm going to put a little shameless plug in here to our workshop, theamazingseller.com forward slash build list, totally free. And uh, it, it shows you exactly what we've done and what we're currently doing right now. Number two, writing your first three emails, talking about your story or talking just about a story that had happened, right? So, you know, kind of weave in a story if you can. And, uh, and then letting people know about the contest, what they just signed up for and what's to come, like what's happening next. Number three is writing weekly content and it doesn't have to be long. It just has to be, you know, value and it could be small little nuggets that you, you find and that you're the reporter. Okay. And you don't have to really worry about what to write. Just sit down, like Chris said, get a spreadsheet and come up with some really great titles or subject lines that will grab attention. And then from there, you can figure out what you're going to include in there. And then number four is selling the open of the email. Understand that if we have an email list, that's great, but we have to be able to get people to want to open the email. And that's what we call selling the open rate. Okay. Or selling the open. Um, that's the hook as we call it. Um, and then number five is selling the click. So once we get someone to open now, the next thing that we need to do is get people to actually click on something, whether that's a piece of content, whether that's a sale or whether that's maybe to share something or give their opinion on something. Um, and that's something that we call the hybrid content approach. Uh, and then number six is all of this that we just talked about is basically the same in social posts. So when you're writing social posts, still use these same principles and the same storytelling, all of that stuff, it will work the same inside of those social posts. So Chris, with all that being said, and that was a mouthful and we stayed on for quite a while today because I know we can keep going on this stuff. Is there anything else you wanted to recap with before we wrap up officially? I think just the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway of all of that, and we harped on it for probably half of the episode is give, 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 and then you have to actually ask at some point. But what you're really trying to do is give value to that audience. You're trying to help make their lives better. And I know it sounds like woo woo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for lack of a better term, you know, it sounds like, yeah, this is aspirational, but really that's what you are trying to do. Like the reason you have those products is because it is going to help them do something. And so if we can create that same atmosphere around the content that we're sharing, it's going to come back to us 10, 50, a hundred fold. Yeah, hundred percent. And like I said, we're just going to just kind of keep driving this home. You know, to me, the email list is, is an asset. It's an asset that you can use today, tomorrow, and in the future. And you can also take that email list. You can upload it to Facebook. You can get more, you know, more, 
more knowledge about your your audience and your market and and who it is, demographics, like all of that stuff, build lookalike audiences. And again, that's for another day, but just understand it's an asset that you own and you control. And then from there, um, you can just continue to really build out your brand. So Chris, with that all being said, let's wrap this baby up. Uh, I want to remind people of the show notes. They can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 438. And then also we are going to be including some swipe files there for you. Some of the emails that we shared and even a few more, we'll give you guys that. So you guys can just go ahead and swipe it and just model it and just use it as inspiration if you want. And uh, we'll include that in the show notes. And then again, the build list workshop, theamazingseller.com forward slash build list. Definitely go check that out. Totally free resource. Um, it's myself and Chris going through this entire process. And we actually give an example of how we did it in the sneaker uh, head market. So you can go check that out there as well. So Chris, are you ready to wrap this up officially? Let's wrap it up. All right, guys. Remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you, but you have to, you have to come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud. Chris is going to do it with us today, right, Chris? Yes, sir. <laughs> on the count of three, one, two, three, take, take action. action. Have an awesome, amazing day, guys, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.